Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today we've got on the guru's guru, Thank our you. close friend, business owner, entrepreneur, the boy Strat Daddy, Stratton Brown. Thank you. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, and I am your guru's guru. My vibration is too high to get sick. Yes. <laughs> I am not in that class. Oh, you, you're on your way. You just need to get some tint in those glasses. You some gotta, tint? Okay. Some tint. All right. Can I take these bitches off now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so w- we're having a repeat uh, guest here with Stratton. Stratton has been one of our good friends since the beginning of the business and uh, just recently had his 27th birthday, setting milestones for us on where we need to be uh, in the next few years. Stratton, uh, we wanted to have you on really just to kind of talk about what you're doing these days and uh, some of this big stuff that you have coming out right now. Dude, I mean, so we got obviously Call Magicians. We have Clockwork Media. That's like our production social media company. Uh-huh. And then we have what else? our wholesaling company, our buy and hold portfolio. Nothing crazy. One of our rentals burned down the other day. So oh, really? Yeah. Where at? Bakersfield. That's why. Really? I, when so you called house, me? The house I asked you to list. A week later, the motherfucker burned it down. Wow. Well, no, I mean, it's just burnt out. Hopefully, we make more money just from the insurance proceeds. Right, right. But there's that's going to take six months. Right. Well, it's going to take a fucking, like, 18 months, bro. It's going right. to take forever. Just like with all the... <coughs> you got to go through the government and all that bullshit. So that's yeah. going to be a a pain. But at least the dude's out of there. Yeah. And we can keep on going. But, it, yeah. You got a guy in there who started it and just freaking throwing matches in there or what <laughs> bro we don't know so i get a letter from code enforcement saying like hey bitch pay up your house looks like shit and i was like i ain't going down there till that motherfucker's out of there so yeah you guys can like keep sending me these letters so, like i ain't going down there this motherfucker's crazy okay he, we sent a dude down there and he got chased by the dude with a machete oh my gosh was, was this like, was this a lease to own yeah this was the lease to own oh my gosh and i was like i mean you guys can like say i need to go down there but you can go fuck off like, right, I'm not going to go down there and I'm get attacked. I'm not going to go down there and get attacked. I'm not going to send my contractors down there to go get attacked. Okay. And so they're like, and he's like, okay, I get it. And then I get another letter. I was like, hey, bro, I thought we were on the same page. And then, so we sent a contractor down there to go lock it out. And the contractor missed the fucking lockout date. And oh. so then we did get a lockout after we'd been trying to for over a year. Because our contractor was 15 minutes late and the sheriff's department left. Wow. And so now... But then after that, code enforcement just condemned the house and ripped off my panel because they trashed it so bad. Wow. And, and then eventually just a fire started. Wow. Okay. So we dove right into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back a little bit here. Um, we have a lot of new listeners since season one when you jumped on. Um, let's kind of cover a little bit about you know who Stratton Brown is, how you got into the business, and... Um, maybe we can work our way up to now, you know, call magicians, the marketing company, and how you've gotten to where you're at. So I was born a guru. Um, really? Yeah, I was born a guru in 19, March 8th, 1995 is when the original guru came to life. Yeah. Okay. So you I, came out in the teal tracksuit ready yeah, to go. Yeah, right. I came yeah. out in the tracksuit. I had to find the gold fanny pack, but <laughs> right. I came out in the tracksuit with my... You see these dope vans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so the nurse handed those to me when I got out, but... <laughs> And the Ray Bans, th- those came at the same time too. <laughs> no, I had to go. I had to earn the Ray Bans. Gotcha. I had to earn the Ray Bans. Gotcha. <laughs> Bro, <But no. laughs> they, fl- they kill me. They flew you out to Italy straight out of the womb to get to get them straight from the source. <laughs> true, oh true Ray Bans. Okay, but on a on a serious note, um, I'm from Bluffdale, Utah. It was a really, really small town, uh, like a stoplight, and I grew up there. 
in the high school i i mean i played sports kind of all the time growing up and then like when i was like 13 my dad had a like honest I, I loved skateboarding my dad had an honest conversation with me i was like hey bro either like you're going to watch sports or you're going to be a part of sports you got to kind of like quit skateboarding because like up until that point in time if i don't know if you guys know who nigel houston is no he's like the best skateboarder who's ever lived and he's my age and he was like sponsored for skateboarding when he was eight years old wow like so he was like legit when he was eight years old like that's what i wanted to be then i start taking sports a little bit more seriously and um, I ended up playing on USA's junior national rugby team throughout high school. And I ended up getting scholarships in three different sports coming out of high school on rugby, track, and football. Ended up taking football because I thought, like, yeah, that would be the best fit for me. And then from there, I went to Snow College. And then at Snow College, I was only there for a semester. And then I got an offer from Utah, Fresno State. But Utah wanted me to um, wait to come because all the credits I was taking were bullshit. Like, but we can't take these classes. You got to wait another year. Okay. And then Fresno State called me. I'm like, hey, we'll take your bullshit classes. And I'll loop back into that afterwards. But I was okay. Awesome. At this point in time, my apartment had been raided because one of my roommates was selling drugs. And so I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Like, like, there's nothing good that is going to come from this. Like, right. If you can make it out of a junior college, you're legit. I promise you you'll be successful in life. Just like all the nonsense and tomfoolery and like there's you have no support system. You're pretty much supposed to go out there and play football for free. Bet on yourself, which is a really big thing, because if you get hurt in Juco, you're fucked. Like you're just not right. going anywhere because they right. don't have like training staff that can help you revamp and actually get back. And then the team's going to look at you like, oh, yeah, you had this injury. Like, we don't want you. We'll go get like someone else. So I do that because my apartment got raided. I was like, man, I probably should get out of here. Like, I don't see this going well. And so I go to Fresno State. And then at Fresno State, I was all-conference on my senior year, 17th in the country in tackles. I didn't play really at all for the first three years. I only played, like, serious time my senior year. And then after that, I tried out for the Seahawks. Nothing came from that. And when I was um, – my senior year, like, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to go to the NFL and, like, be legit. And I had this conversation with my defensive coordinator, and he was, like, strat. And, and he put, he's put out 11 first-round draft, first draft picks at just DB. Wow. Damn. Like, so he's legit. Like, he coached Davian Clowney, um, Melvin Gordon. He was um, South Carolina's defense coordinator for a while. He was like, in all honesty, bro, you will be a practice squad and special teams guy. And, like, this dude's like my dad at this point. He's like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, bro, I, I've seen some guys. Athletically, you're not there. Like, you work harder than anybody I know. You're really smart. But it's sometimes, like, you just can't will yourself to be that good. I was like, okay. So, like, I went into the draft, like, knowing that. Didn't get picked up. But, like, I'm thinking, like, all right, I'm going to go for one year. I'm going to make 400 grand. Maybe, like, if I can get, like, a three-year career at practice squad and I can get, make, like, 500 grand a year, like, mm-hmm. I'll be set. So I was, like, listening to all these, like, different investing books. And so I was like, bro, my senior year, I was parting my ass off, right? I mean, it's just college. You're having a good time. You're good at sports. That's what you do. And then one of my friends went to the Chiefs, and he was with Travis Kelsey. And, like, Travis Kelsey made 80 grand his first year on a signing bonus, and he blew it all that year on partying. I was like, oh, wow. So this is what I'm going into. Yeah. So I need to protect myself for myself because, like, if I'm going to do this shit, I'm really going to do this shit. I'm going to have a budget for partying, mm-hmm. but I need to be able to invest my money. So I started listening to, like, Grant Cardone, Dave Ramsey, Bigger Pockets, all that shit. And um, so, like, I get back from Seattle and I didn't work out. And I was like, all right, either I can wait another year to get another shot at doing something that I probably won't be able to do, like, just to get a shot to do it. And the amount of, I weighed the amount of hard work it would excuse me it would take to get there as to compared to like starting some type of a career 
And so I said, okay, I think starting a career is better. I kind of want to get into real estate. So let me, I started like a home inspection business was my first business. Okay. And I did like one mock inspection on the rental I was living in and I had to go through the crawl space and I was like, I'm never doing this shit. <laughs> and this is after like, <laughs> this is after like four months of training to become a certified home inspector. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I, what, during that entire time, I was going to all these real estate meetups and then I met Alan Folio. And Alan, like one day, like we met him over just off of Herndon and First. Okay. And there was a meetup over there. And this is the first time I met him. And he was just talking. He was like, yeah, man, I used to drive a tractor for like 20 or 30 grand a year. And I make $200,000 a month. I was like, what? Serious? And like, yeah. He's like, I don't want to buy a jet like Grant Cardone. And I own 60 rentals. Oh, that, that, that's cool. And like, I got his number. Didn't really think much of it. And then after I got back from Seattle and the home inspection thing didn't work out, I just hit him up. Like, bro, what do you do again? He's like, oh, go knock all these doors until someone tells you they want to sell their house. Okay. Like, say anything? He's like, yeah, just ask me if they want to sell. So I got on, I got property radar, and I went and I knocked every single door for an entire summer from dusk till dawn. So much that my girlfriend thought I was cheating on her while she was pregnant. What I would do is just wake up, get in the car, and go. And try and get someone to sell me their house. And so that was like my first foray in real estate. And then eventually I was working for him. Started, um, I'd be, when my son was born, his mom was, uh, me and Zeno were spending a lot more time together. And so I'd have to take Zeno with me to go door knock. Uh-huh. And then when I wasn't doing that, I'd be driving for dollars with Mojo on the go. Mm-hmm. And so I would pause, wait, look up the property, add it to my phone, and I'd still be cold calling at the same time while my son was in the back so he would be quiet. So that's what I was doing. Then eventually I started working for Alan full-time. Then we built out like an in-house call center. I ended up running a lot of his marketing and acquisitions. And then eventually I broke off on my own. So that was like my foray into real estate. And then wow. I went broke when I w- went off on my own. Really? Oh, yeah. Why have I heard this story before? Why haven't you? No, I have. I've heard not from you, but most people I know. Can you? What happened there? Um, I was like, yeah, Alan, I, got, I just want to do this shit on my own with no savings in my account, <coughs> no money to market. <laughs> right? So, like, I was like, yeah, I can do this shit on my own, but then, like, there's no... You obviously need to burn the boats, but you need to do it with an actual plan. Like, right. Like, right. Yeah. my personality type, right, is, <laughs> like, just fucking get up and go, and, like, oh, right. we'll figure it out. So, yeah, we're going to figure it out, but I'm a single dad with a kid. I have to end up selling everything I have to pay my rent. I have to go donate blood every two weeks just to get marketing money. And, like, so I donate blood just to get money to, like, text or cold call or, like, pay for whatever software that I needed. And then, eventually, like, I, got, I sold one deal to Jason for, like, five grand. And Jason, cha- Jason changed my life with that because he honestly, like, he scathed the way with that bitch. Because, like, that really? thing, he shouldn't have even paid me for it. And I was like, hey, bro, do you want this? I was like, I need someone to take this. He's like, yeah, I'll take it. We show up. He's like, bro, this thing is trashed. And so he bought it and put it right back on the market. And then some other dude bought it. And then Jason ended up buying another one. That dude who bought it, Jason ended up buying one of his flips that was on the market that he had to fire sell. (laughs) When COVID hit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that was January. And then I didn't make any money again until August. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard this full detailed version. I think every time you and I have talked about your history, we kind of brushed over it because there's a lot of similarity, but there's a lot of differences too. Um, so you you jumped in with uh, Alan 
Mm-hmm. When you went to Allen, you had no skills zero. to begin with. I mean, zero skills. Like, were you what? already pretty good at talking? Were you already as confident as you are? Were you already knowledgeable on real estate? Because I think that's a lot of limiting stuff that other people deal with. But I mean, um, I listen to a lot of I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and like books, like consuming as much information as possible. Okay. But I mean, so when I worked for Allen for like a year, I was with Allen like every day. So I got an like a master's degree, like a triple mm. master's degree in real estate from Alan Folio from being with him every single day, learning everything, hearing him negotiate deals or going to tenants, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just with him. And then uh, like six months into it, then I go, okay, now like I'm going to start working in the office and doing that stuff. But like, that's what really got me up to it. But the only reason I even got time with Alan's because I went and door knocked for like three months and just didn't stop. I was like, Hey bro, I got somebody. He's like, Oh sweet. Gotcha. That's the only reason like I got any of his time. So you led by, before you got any of his time, he told you, go knock on doors till you find somebody. That summer that you were door knocking, you weren't working with Alan directly. You were working to find a lead for Alan. Yeah, pretty much. And then when you brought the lead, then Alan said, okay, now let's talk. Yeah. I mean, because I'm so big on time and people think I'm such an asshole for it. But like, Well, you had, you had just posted something yeah. about that on your IG yeah. the other day. Why don't you re- recap what you posted? So this dude... Um, and to no fault of his own, he was like, can I, pick can I have, brain. um, yeah, 15 minutes to pick a quick 15 minute phone call to pick your brain and nothing irritates me more than that phrase to pick your brain. It, I think it's the worst thing you could ever say to anybody. And I was like, all right, number one, never say pick your brain. Number two, when you come to somebody and ask for their time, have a definitive purpose and have a series of questions lined out so they know exactly how they can help you. Because if you just want to hop on the phone and shoot the shit, I'm not going to do that. Like, I know you want to get to know me, but, like, there's plenty of podcasts where you could. So there's that. And then what was the next thing? And then, like, my pro- my time priority was were as follows. I could be having sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> I could be making more money. I could be playing with, well, sex with my girlfriend, playing with my son, helping our companies grow, helping someone else who actually knows what they need help with. And or somebody that's providing, bringing value or providing value to you yeah. just like you did and, to I get mean, started. And so, like, you... You still want to provide value, but I was like, bro, like when you approach this, approach it completely differently. Like, don't say like, I'm going to be big someday. I'll be able to provide value later. Like, no, I don't give a fuck about value. later. That was the part of the text that killed me. Yeah. I was like, I mean, like, bro, like I get it. I love your confidence, but I don't care about fucking value later. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I messed out on the next Elon Musk. Who knows? But I was like, dude, like I need value now because all the only thing I will never get back is my time. And I put this in perspective. I met a dude at a mastermind I was at. And he has a split relationship. So I just dropped out Zeno with his mom. This isn't even my week with Zeno. She was like, hey, can you go pick up Zeno from school? I got to do something. I was like, yeah. But I only get to see my son for half of his life. Think about that. So I only get to see my son for half of his life now. And then so in all reality, after he's 13, he's like, man, fuck dad. I want to go have sex with girls and do drugs. Like, I want to go, like, do stuff. So I only get, what is that, like six, seven years with my son that are, like, formative years with my son during his life. And that's all. And you want me to take my time to like hop on the phone with you to do what? If you have a definitive purpose, for sure. But if there's no definitive purpose, I can't help you. So you you led <clears throat> your real estate career with Alan. That's how you got in. And then you went off on your own and you experienced the struggles of being your own owner, mm-hmm. right? And you start to realize this is why Real good real estate investors get paid so much because and he warned me too. He yeah, was like, he was like, "Bro, it's not all just like profits." He's like, "There's," and I was like, "Whatever, bro, I got this." And what yeah. year was this for perspective? What year was that? 
Um, I went off on my own. So I finished playing football in 2017. I went off on my own like 2018, 2019. Yeah, 2019 was when I think I met you, and you were already off. Yeah, so like mid-2018, 2019. And then you went off on your own, and you experienced some heartache and some struggle. And then what did it look like when you started hitting some success again? Um... I don't know. One thing that's hard is that if you have the right mindset, like it, you're already there. And like your lifestyle really doesn't change. Cuz I'm right now with the amount of money I make, my lifestyle will not change until I'm making multiple millions. Like I mean, you know what it's like to where bro, I have all of my needs taken care of. Right. My car works. I eat whatever I want. Like I could go eat at whatever restaurant I want every night and it's not going to and in Fresno, right? It's not like I'm flying somewhere and it's not like it's going to absolutely kill me. I fly and I travel wherever I want. But, so nothing really, I'd say the only thing that changed is I didn't have to donate blood anymore. Yeah, gotcha. I mean that, that was big because, like, I didn't like the, me and Jason are really big on, like, vibration and energy. I didn't like the energy of the place because you're, like, with a bunch of people who are just not in the right vibration. And so, like, that was really hard for me because, like, I, I'd be in line with a bunch of homeless people, like, every morning at 5 a.m. to go donate yeah. blood just so I could, like, the first one in so I could get it over with. I didn't have to wait in line. Right. And did you already have the mindset or? Um, Alan did a really good job of programming my mind, I would say. I mean, I had the mindset and like, so like Bob Proctor, that killed me when he died earlier this year. I would say it was like my prophet of always being in the right vibration, monitoring your thoughts and act as if. It's like shit, the dude we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Even though it he's probably there's truth to it there's Mm -hmm. a lot of truth to it of like acting as if even though he's super shitty the ignorance gets you a long ways like you'd you'd be amazed at the ignorance if you just have ignorance and you think and you act as if it'll get you somewhere then as i'm growing now i try and think as if i was someone else so like for a long time like dm's my mentor now like what would mark do what would jeff bezos do think as if you're them think as if you're a billionaire yeah. What would the billionaire do? Well, they'd probably cut off the limb because it doesn't make sense anymore. All right, then I'm doing that. Okay. If you don't have access to the person. And out of the all the stuff you got going ar- going around right now, you go on your own. Now you're kind of doing it on the fly, right? Trying to get everything together. What's the kind of the first of the companies you mentioned at the beginning? What's kind of the first thing to come to fruition? Wholesaling. Wholesaling for sure. Um, so wholesaling was number one. And I think it's besides internet marketing is a really good way to make a lot of money really fast. But wholesaling's up there, right? Internet marketing, wholesaling, you can get really, really big chunks. And let's say it takes 90 days, but you're still getting making 20 grand. Like that 20 grand, not a lot of people get their hands a hold of like a 20 grand check like that. So that's really good. Wholesaling. And then we were doing a couple deals a month. And then we really ramped it up. And then eventually... I start ended up starting Call Magicians when COVID hit. Yeah. Because I'd went through so many different people and they sucked and I got fucked over for like six grand by another guy. And so I just was like, Oh whatever, we'll do it better ourselves. And so I brought it all in house and then people just kept coming to me for VAs. And I was like, Oh yeah, maybe I can get this thing to like pay like pay me like a couple grand a month. Yeah. And so so you started with wholesaling. That's where a lot of people start because it seems mm-hmm. to be one of the best ways to, to get some cash quick. Yeah. Okay, so then you were like, This is great and all screw it this is not sustainable or, or or what pushed you to like 
I'm going to start the next business too. Um, necessity, number one. Like, I wasn't like some genius. I was like, man, this sucks. Like, I hate going to all these people. Like, I'll just bring it in house myself and we'll do it better. Okay. And then I wanted more cash flow. Like, one thing that no, like, wholesalers really talk about, like, bro, you'll have a $300,000 a month. And I promise you, one of those months, you're probably going to make like 15. Like, that's just real yeah. estate. Yeah. But I wanted, like, more consistent cash flow. I was like, okay, yeah, like a service based business. Like, we can get recurring revenue on a couple other things. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That's what I envisioned. Okay, so you start call magicians during COVID. What what did that look like? Did you have experience running VAs already, or? Yeah, I mean, so my entire business, most of the time, has just been virtual assistants. Really? Like I've always just had it set up to where. I guess I'm lazy. Like who, not how? Like okay, well I need a leads manager. Like let's go hire him. I need someone to text. Let's go hire him. Like as soon as like I can afford to do it, I do it. And then most of my, a lot of people talk about like investing in like. Real estate. I mean, real estate for me is depreciation and appreciation. The cash flow is third. Because gotcha. I, I have businesses that can make me cash flow. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like I can like, for something like that, where like I was talking about one of our companies makes us six figures a year already, and I made that in like two months. Right. Like I can, I can come up with the cash flow. But then when you're starting to make real money, how are you going to offset how do you protect your it? income? Like, how do you protect it? Like, how do you diversify? How do you do all those things? So that's gotcha. how I see like buying real estate now. The cash flow is awesome still, but then still, like, if I'm making a million dollars and I can offset that whole thing, that's what you're really happy with. Because like, it matters about the money you keep. It doesn't matter about the money you give away to Uncle Sam. Yeah. And wholesaling, you've got call magicians coming together. You get that in-house thing running, and the next thing that pops up, content, media. Um, Media and that came out of shit. That one came out of necessity too. <laughs> Another dude was like charging me an arm and a leg. I was like, bro, you suck. <laughs> and so like I had, I had a dude in call magicians who um was good at editing. And I don't know. Like I was like, yeah, all right, you're good at that. Like I need you to start like making this stuff. And then I don't know anything about any of it. I was like, all right, you're the new COO. Start hiring on people as we need it. And then now I think that company has like eight employees and that one, I mean, it'll do multiple six figures this year. I doubt it does seven, but that was all truly out of 100% necessity. And I was like, how can I cover this cost? Cause I was like, I mean, if I'm going to do this, I might as well have like other people pay for it. I don't want to come out of call magician's pocket. It's like, well, we can systemize it. And then when we systemize it, we can just use it as another service that we can sell. And is that who was doing the uh, meetup? Um, the Dean, were those guys your guys who were doing the recording it with uh, Dean and... So Jake is uh, my video guy. But so our media company handles like everything social media. So I put out close to like a thousand pieces of content a month just for me alone. Jeez. And so they handle all the editing, cutting. My podcast goes to them in the cloud. I don't touch it from there. It all just goes out. They cut it up, edit it, post it. And so that's what they handle. So like, yeah, this is a pretty good service. We should probably offer it to other people. Yeah. <laughs> so then you've got that. And then what about the stuff we were talking about right before we started this show? You got something coming out. Uh, actually, already is out that we were talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, courses, like the leadership course, I think one thing that nobody really sees in our, and like, I guess I'm still in the real estate space. Nobody really talks about like leadership and like when, if you want to build like a true business and the reason I don't like wholesaling as a forever business is because it's not sustainable, it's not scalable and I cannot sell it. Like I can't sell it out of multiple. 
that's the reason. Like, I was like, yeah, like, we still do it, but is it my absolutely true main focus? No, like, I can put the people in place and let it run and have it do its thing. But so the first course is, like, leadership. How can you, it's how you can lead a high-level team virtually from thousands of miles away. And, I mean, over the last year, like, we have a lot of people in our companies, and it's been a pretty big learning experience. I mean, over the, my, like, entire sports career and everything else, I've been in, like, 55 different organizations. Like, I counted. I was like, so, like, Little League. And every single sports team you're on is just a different organization because, like, you're led by a different person. And usually the teams who suck, the leader's really bad. And so, like, as you, you learn all those things as a child, you just don't think of it. So I'd say that was the only skill I got coming out of college was leadership skills. I wouldn't say communication was very big. Okay. Across all your companies, do you do you have an approximate number of how many employees you got and then how many are virtual? Everyone's virtual. How Do you know how many? Over 100. Everyone's virtual. Yeah. That's dope. Yes and no. Don't ever. Having that many employees is hard. I haven't. I have a fucking HR department. Yep. For, for bullshit. For legit. Like to where like I, I do not want to hear about this. Like we're yeah. paying you to fucking solve this. Like I don't care. It doesn't drive me revenue. Yeah. And like we care about people. And like we are. One of our number one core values is care 360. But then still like you're dealing with a hundred different fucking people. To where, I mean, that's one thing I never thought I'd be doing. Yeah. If I'm going to, if I, when we start another business, if I have a hundred people, it would be like a $500 million company. Just the heaviness of me learning about myself, the heaviness of HR. Like, that's not like, that's not what I like to where like we have another business to where with the one I was talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. I'll be able to take that thing to multiple millions with like two employees. A little bit easier. Yeah. And so you've got all these things going on right now. The new leadership thing that's out. What, I mean, what's the next, what's the next thing? Um, dialing everything in. I mean, it, it never stops. Yeah. We'll release like the winner's circle and now to be like a coaching group that'll talk to people about like business leadership, how to grow your top line. Cause like we took, um, call magicians to a million dollars in revenue in 18 months with zero advertising only with my social media account. So like we know something about like online advertising, creating a brand and doing that. So helping people with all those things. So that'll be that would be the next move. And then self-storage. I just lost over the last month. I lost $15,000 in just self-storage bullshit. Can you explain? Um, canceled EMD. Oh my God. I want to tell you the story. I'm so pissed about this story. All right. So this was, I was just in Baton Rouge last week, two weeks ago. I was in Baton Rouge two weeks ago looking at a deal. Okay. And so this wholesaler in our mastermind sends it to us. Well, sends it to our coach. Our coach is like, hell yeah, this is a good deal. You should go do it. And then so my dumbass, we got uh, the assignment. Or we paid him a $100,000 assignment fee. I'm like, cool. And it was a non-refundable EMD. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like if our coach brought it to us and the dude's in our mastermind, he's not going to be a shady bitch or whatever. Right. So I get out there. And like we anticipated $100,000 in rehab. We get all our bids back from our contractors. Ends up being three hundred thousand dollars in rehab, and he was trying to force us to close. But it was, he was really just trying to pull one over on us and sell us a bad deal. He already knew like everything that was wrong, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "No, like we're not going to like if we're gonna because we were raising five hundred thousand dollars just to do the deal. Like why would we put them in a bad situation like that? Like we got to be a good steward of other people's money. And you already knew all these things that we found out, and you didn't disclose. So yeah, at this point, you're just shady as fuck. And right. so we kept, and so we backed out, and he kept our EMD. Right. right. I mean, cool, but I mean, 
to me like you're shady because you tried to pull one over on us and put us in a bad situation. Yeah. So I lost five grand on that. I lost like six grand in like travel costs on that one because we got stuck in Baton Rouge in New Orleans for like a week. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there was an ice storm in Dallas and there was no flights home. I had to take a three hundred dollar Uber from Baton Rouge to New Orleans just Holy to get a flight shit. out of there. <laughs> Because, like, there was an ice storm in Dallas and everything shut down. And it was, like, the <laughs> hub for American Airlines. And no one could get flights. So it was crazy. I got to go to Mardi Gras, though. That's kind of Hey. Cool. <laughs> that, that's pretty okay. tight. So that was pretty cool. On the business. On the business. <laughs> On the business. <laughs> and then the other one was um, more travel cost and um, a phase one for a different facility that we're at in Texas that ended up just being not as good of a deal as we thought it would be. To where we didn't anticipate the Texas taxes. Again, that's a learning experience. Very what expensive. was it, 1.8? No, it was a small deal, but like the Texas property taxes right. are like mm. 40th highest in America or something. Yeah, I think well, they vary between each county. Yeah, but even it was, within the counties. It killed the deal. Yeah. It, like, it's just the property taxes the property alone? property taxes. Like, oh, to where, like, we were buying like a marginal deal. Like, bro, just get on base. Is, yeah. Like, the thing I always say, like, bro, it, it doesn't have to be a home run. Just hit base hits and you'll always win. Mm -hmm. Don't go like you can swing for the fences sometimes, but like at right. least get on base, dude. Right. And so that was the plan, and then that happens. Like, oh. So we ate the phase one cost and travel one cost on that, and so over the last two months, that's what that kind of happened. Uh, how many do you guys have any self storage? No, already. Jesus Christ, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not, not yet. yet. Have you called Daryl? <laughs> you know that Brad lives next to him. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't, bro. Daryl, his. I think me and Dean were talking about it, but the dude's cash flow has got to be like seven, eight figures a month. Yeah. It's got to be ridiculous. Like ridiculous. I mean, one there of them is right here, right? No, there, yeah, it's right up here. Yeah. And then there's one right there. And there's one on Willow. You, and you know, he goes all the way down to Bakersfield. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I wanted to share, you and I were talking. I got into Call Magicians because uh, I was at a meetup and you and Dean and Jason were like, stop being a pansy. Stop doing everything. You can afford it. Don't be a baby. Even Adam Abajan pulled me aside and was like, stop being a baby. And Adam was said it the nicest. And he was like, outsource. <laughs> so I want to get it on record. I got into Call Magicians. And uh, I we paid the upfront fee, right? So the way you have it set up for when I joined, I paid a couple months in advance, which was helpful because my mindset was so scared about spending money. That it was like, at least the money's gone now. Now it's you can't cry about it. It's already out of the bank account. And next week in two deals, uh, next week my first two deals close from the product. And uh, I will net profit over six figures. Hell yeah. So Love to hear it. I just wanted to put it out there. If you're looking for that uh, business model, if you're looking to find motivated sellers, Call Magicians has been very successful in the first 90 days. And I've got three more signed contracts that are going to close in the next month. That They don't make me that much. But the Still. first two deals that closed are making me six figures, Hi. over six figures in profit. Love so, to hear it. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you pushing me. One thing that, I mean, I try and always preach is like, bro, delegate, delegate, delegate. Because like everyone holds on to like so much shit, but you won't ever get anywhere. Because if we're doing everything... Number one, we don't have any time to like do more because like the only thing that really matters, especially in your wholesaling business, is just acquisitions. 
and the rest of it, like you're buying back high quality time. Like right. all, you're just buying back your eight hours every day. That's all you're doing when you're getting a cold caller, and then you'll sift mm-hmm. it from there and dial it in. But that's all it is. But if you don't, if you hold on to everything, bro, you're not going to get anywhere. You can be the hardest worker ever, but if you have no leverage anywhere, then you're not going to do anything. That's all it is. Like you're adding leverage onto what you're doing. Like for call magicians, legitimately, me and Chase are like, okay, we need this person. Let's just go find the person who knows how to do it. Because like I mean, I have no idea. Like I had no idea like how to actually like run a virtual company like this that's doing this. I know like the basics and the training, but then when it gets to all these other things. We went and found an HR guy, a legitimate HR guy. All right, it's your job. Handle that. Like, I don't know. Like, don't get me sued. All right, fine. All right, then we go find our COO. Like, Gwen, our COO, managed a 1,000 people at Alorica. So, like, we knew she knew something about leadership (laughs) and, like, call centers and everything else. Like, we found her and, like, we put her in place and then, like, let her do her job. So, where my big thing is when you're new in business or the business is new, you're still a startup. And if you tell people that, they'll act accordingly. So if you're like, hey, we're a startup, like we expect you to like come up with new things and kind of like develop your job, then they'll, then they have some initiative there. If you don't, you're just like holding on to them and you're micromanaging them, then they hate it. Hmm. And if you if they go and they do things and create things on their own, they have a lot more buy-in because now it's like their company, they've created the systems and the processes. And like it, there's always a give and a take, and you have to check but verify. But that's a number one way. If you just implement that in your life of like the who, not the how, your growth will be exponential as far as business. And for delegating, I've heard, you know, a lot of people debate on whether they do, they go one route, like maybe do it in-house like you guys did and then build something out or immediately just go out and hire a company that's already set. I don't think set. you should ever delegate. Imme- I don't think you should ever go to an outsourced company immediately because then you okay. cannot verify. That's what I was going to ask. I've been cold calling for three years or two years. So I had some experience under my belt. <clears throat> that was one thing that that was helpful was with my my scarcity of moving or my my inability to move along allowed me to get really really good at like the low level stuff and now when i yeah when i'm on the coaching calls like on tuesdays that you hear me on i can speak from the level of authority in the sense that like i have made tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of calls and like I know how I handled it. And it's still ingrained in me. Like, this is how I handle that script. Exactly. And I can tell when they're talking to me, I can tell which people are better than the others. And, like, I can see, okay, this person is doing better because of these things. I think one thing, there's, like, a there's a level of, like, going too quick and too slow. I leaned on the too slow side. I don't think it could ever be too slow unless your product is not good. Because, like, if you think of, like, let's say tech, it's never too quick. Like, if you really want exponential growth and everything else, like, it's good to be too, too, like, I want too quick, and I'll fucking figure it all out. That's what business is. Because a lot of people will, when it's too slow and there's not enough margin, then you don't even have, then you don't even have enough money to hire on the next person. Like, you want hyper growth. That's just my personal opinion of being in both places. Yeah. That's interesting. I've been wrong so many times, too. I mean, honestly, I'm open to any suggestion. My thought was this. Um, but still know the skill. I'm not saying... I could have jumped probably a year earlier For sure. and had this success a year ago, and I would be a lot happier about that jump, the timing-wise. But, like, I definitely, waiting that extra year, I still gained a lot of, of skills that exactly. definitely allowed... Like, you and I were talking... Right now, I'm seeing a lot of early success. 100% comes from the fact that I know what I'm doing once I get the leads. Yeah, like, exactly. You could, 
spoon feed somebody with a <laughs> collar more leads than they could handle if they have not been doing this for a period of time. That's why we don't work with new people. Right. That's why we have that upfront fee the way we do. Like, so we can like qualify the person to know like, all right, are we going to get the outcome that we both desire? Right. Like Mm -hmm. I gave you like whatever it was, like it was like $17,000 up front because I knew that, okay, that I like literally last year, my average deal profit was 40,000. Like literally I need to do one deal and I've earned it back. And then before just short, I paid my first month up front last on last week on, uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. but I closed two deals next week. I closed three actually next week. All right. So, you know, I knew that I was going to make that money back. It was an investment, but it, it's interesting because I think somebody who might not know those skills, they're not going to close on the deals and they're especially not going to buy it at a discount that will be able no. to profit you. Well, and so for a lot of new people, I think you need to develop the skill of being able to train your team. Right. Yes. So like of like having your own virtual assistants and like actually leading them because, again, I'm really big on leadership. But if you can't lead a team of VAs, when you start getting acquisition agents in-house, what are you going to do if you've like never been in that situation? All VAs are. It's like a, it's a low-level sell. Cold calling is like a really, really low-level sell. If you cannot coach people on how to do low-level sales, how are you going to coach people to start to do higher and higher? And then like wholesaling is like you're doing high-ticket sales. Like you're negotiating backwards on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Mm-hmm you can't teach people how to do it at a base level how are you supposed to like do it at the other level? how do you i mean i have i've been in a lot of leadership positions but i've never actually thinking about it now outside of like the coaching stuff for the vas i already have somebody coaching i don't handle a lot of that what does that look like um a lot of it for them it's like listening to their calls I'm like hey how why'd you handle it this way this and then like a lot of it's interpersonal stuff because i mean most people like they had a bad day at home then they don't perform but hey, but like we gotta we gotta come with some fucking fire every day. I don't care. Like if we do good here, I pr- and so the one thing like with our core values, integrity, care three sixty, and strive for excellence. I promise you, if you fucking do those things, your life will take care of itself. And so like that's one of the things we preach, right? So you're trying to make them better people overall. Yeah. Like hey, if you work hard, I promise you this translates. Because we want you to be a good husband and a good wife too, and a good father, good mother. Like, we're trying to instill all those things in all of them. And then, okay, now they're calling. We listen to their calls. What are your lead counts at? Why, why was it low today? Why'd you hit it? And then just coaching them on, like, hey, so you said this right here. But let's say this right there. And yeah. then you have to know a really big thing is, like, everybody takes feedback differently. So the way I'd coach you would be different than the way i coach you. Like, just flat out. Yeah. And so you have to be able to develop interpersonal communication skills is the only thing I could say. I think that's the right word. To yeah. actually have those conversations with people. If you've never had those, because like giving feedback to someone's hard, listening to calls sucks, right? And then if you aren't used to giving someone feedback and you just come in hot, like, bro, <laughs> you fucking suck. Like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like, but you're not going to get the desired outcome for either of you. Right. Because then the person's just going to feel awful. Right. Yeah. I remember both of us, or at least when you had first started and before um, I got my call, my VAs started. I remember your first coaching meeting with them <laughs> and I was sitting across from you. And then I think you like mute yourself and you go, was that too harsh? And I was like, dude, no, that was literally perfect. And I think that comes from that all those years of doing it yourself and knowing what it feels like to be able to communicate that effectively to bless you, Thank communicate you. that effectively to somebody who is still, learning still improving and doing all that stuff and concisely well yes (laughs) here's what i'll say i we always make fun of it but i was in scouts right so i was in boy scouts and i ended up 
I got my Eagle Scout. I was SPL. I went through 18 different leadership positions from Boy Scouts, right? And then I okay. was water polo uh, coat, or I was the water polo captain. Um, I did a lot of little different leadership things. And what I learned growing up was that I made a lot of mistakes in leadership. And when I got into business, I looked back and I remember one of the things that I always felt like I didn't do well was I didn't give criticism in a way that allowed the other person to hear it and like actually make the change. Mm -hmm. And part of it was, I think I just trampled on people's feelings. Dude, like one of my, so my, one of my college defensive coordinators was, he's one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. But the reason we say that is because he was so derogatory in his coaching. To where, like, you couldn't take the feedback because, like, you're probably going to stab him after practice. Like, he was, he was talking right. like crazy. Like, even if he had a good point, you weren't going to listen. Even if he had a good point, you're still not going to listen, bro. Cause, so that's why it's so big. Because like, you got to know how to talk to people. Because, like, generally, I'd say as entrepreneurs, we're the hardest on ourselves. And if you talk to people the same way you talk to yourself, everybody's going to quit. Right. You almost you make yourself, yourself quit. Yeah. Like, you almost make yourself quit every day. So if you're going to talk to other people that way, like, we got a problem. So when I got the VAs, I told Kate, I said, my, my like outgoing expectation and goal is to always give feedback in a way that is uplifting that still gets the point across there's a level that you need to be stern but it's interesting and so that's been a very interesting fine line and at the end of every meeting i always ask people is there anything that i could do for you is there anything i could be doing better do you still want to keep meeting on these meetings because i don't want to ever have i don't want to be that guy who meets to meet Huh? Who just meets to meet. Right. And I also don't want any of my employees or people that work for my company feeling like this Scott guy does not care. This Scott guy is a dick. This Scott guy is, you know, he never listens to us. Every time I always ask, hey, what does it look like for you guys? What can I help you with? And I've, I've learned that the only way that I can really lead is listen to them. And then when I give my feedback, be very intentional about positive feedback hey this is what you did so well here's one thing that you could change right and the more you love them the harder you can be on them and that was a lesson i got from a really really good like high school rugby coach in utah he's won a couple state championships but he's a really good leader and he's like bro the number one key to all this shit is the more you love your people the harder you can be on them because like if if you want to create something truly great you have to have a really high standard that other people aren't willing to hold and the only way you're going to get that when everyone else and they can go work for someone else and be fucking mediocre is if like they actually know that you love them and care about them and have their best interest in mind. Because if you don't do that, then they're just going to leave and go work for some other mediocre company that we're going to bury. But like you still want to see if you can develop these people, show them you love them, and like, hey, this is just not the way we fucking do things. I'm a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Like Most of my conversations are hard conversations, but afterwards they always know I love them. I will always talk. I call them, like, see how's your family doing, whatever that is. But like, I'm not afraid to have those conversations to where, hey, bro, what the fuck is happening here? But then this is after like they've gotten to know me. They know how like I talk. Yeah. It's not just like coming in first day. Hey, yo. <laughs> right. But, like having those hard right. conversations, then you're going to learn your own leadership style. But, like for me, like I feel like we're very results driven. And number one thing that pisses me off is if you're not doing your job. Like, I mean, there's we can have coaching all the time. But if you're not doing your job, there's just no exception. Right. And the more you love your people, too, and they love you back, I mean, it starts to become like a respect thing, too. When your people respect you and then it's a mutual respect for you the other way, too, people pick that up and they sense that. And when there's mutual respect, I think it makes it that much easier to have exactly those types of conversations and have it be received in a way to where 
they know you know it's not coming from you exactly. being a dick or anything like that yeah because most of them are hard conversations like you're not generally yeah. not having like good conversations <laughs> yeah i'm not calling day. you to say hey yeah i'm, not yeah. Calling, I'm <laughs> never calling you to say hey generally if i'm calling you like hey we gotta talk about this shit or mm-hmm. like whatever it is i try and i one thing that i did have to add on to my schedule is like just calling people to call people just so, so they don't get just nervous so, like, when they you don't call get, like anxiety attacks when i call them <laughs> Right, because like that's one thing. Because like I try and be really hands off, but then like when I call you, number one, I expect you to pick up. Yeah. And number two, you probably fucked up. And it's like, what's that conversation we're having? But now, if you don't violate our core values, I really don't care. Like if you messed up, you messed up. Like that's just us investing in your learning and investing in our company. Yeah. But if you violate our core values, then we have an actual problem. We we want to respect your time. Um, obviously, you have some stuff coming out. Uh, it's today, which this podcast means that it was a couple of weeks ago. Can you talk a little bit just about what you have coming out, where to find it, what to expect? Yeah. So we have the Winter Circle Mastermind coming out. It's a program to where we're going to help business owners grow their revenue, grow as leaders, and then show them all the other different avenues that they can go into as far as like cryptocurrency, e-commerce, all those things. And we'll bring on special guests. I'll talk about what we're doing. And really help them grow more. I, one thing I see that's lacking in our space is oh, business knowledge. You know, like I, I've had to go to like completely other spaces to like learn what I needed to do to like grow more. Right. And so like hopefully we can bring this to, to everybody at a really affordable rate and change the game. Then I have a leadership course coming out today. That'll be pretty cool. You can find you'll get access to both of them if you just go to my Instagram. Strat Daddy. Strat Daddy, and click the link in the bio. <laughs> Okay, and Strat, if somebody, let's recap. If somebody watching this podcast, I know a lot of listeners and watchers have seen you back in season one. Someone wants to connect with you, talk with you, and respect your time at, at the same time. What is the best way for them to go about that? Um, send me like actual questions. One thing so we're, that we're implementing, anybody who follows me, I have a message that goes out saying, hey, I'll answer all of your questions but please just ask me questions. Don't say, hey, can I ask you a question? Hey, can I pick your brain? Just like send me a list of questions and I'll get back to you with a voice memo. Because that's the easiest thing. Like I'll see it like, okay, no, don't do that. For that one, I'd probably handle it this way. For that one, I'd probably handle it this way. That's 30 seconds of my time. to Ask direct questions. Yeah, like like, I want to be able to answer them. Like if it's not a direct question and I can't help you, then like it makes it really hard on me to know like what you actually need. Yeah, seems reasonable. Okay. And best way through Instagram, Strat Daddy. Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. We check my Instagram at Strat Daddy. Um, you want to plug your podcast real quick? Oh, yeah. The Winning Move podcast is my um, podcast where we bring on different entrepreneurs and real estate investors. I will, I'll give out my cell phone on this. I got two phones now. Two phones. <gasps> two phones. But I mean, it's my work phone. <laughs> um, my cell phone is 801-860-8032. If you really, if you, again, reach out to me with your questions. No, pick your brains. But if you have, send me a list of questions. I will go through all of them and I'll answer them for you. If you have listened to this far into the podcast, you have listened to plenty of our podcasts. Every guest that comes through says the same thing. We are all open to sharing what we know. Uh, Please just be respectful of people's time and always try to lead with value. Don't ask, how can I give value? That's on you to figure out what skills you have to provide. Yeah, that's... That's a really big one. Like, don't ask, like, how can I bring you value? Like, bring, now, bring, now you ask me another question yeah. that I need to solve for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, no, I'm just like, oh, fuck. I don't know. What are your skills? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you are an amazing car deal t- detailer, that is a skill. Add value. You yeah, know, what skill there. do you have? Bring that to the table. But don't be afraid to ask questions and reach out to as many people as you want. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Dude, repeat guest. 
Uh, Thank you guys for having me on. 27 years old, running 100 plus people, multiple businesses, living the best life. Thank you, bro. Being the people's Thank you. guru's guru. The guru's guru. Bro, I'm the guru's guru's guru. I, I, you guys saw that post, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming to the podcast. We'll see you guys next week.